Hey, Cam, why are we doing a podcast? Well, we talked for an hour and a half about TTRPGs instead of recording this morning. So if that is any example as to uh, <laughs> why we shouldn't record this and uh, release it out into the world, I don't know what is. So we're asking you to join us as we create homebrew monsters on the fly in a segment called Stat Dat with creatures such as a monstrous rat king or a creature that makes you forget why you walked into a room or even a mergaggle of raccoons. Or maybe you want to get better at describing smells in our segment called Smell-O-Vision. You can also come on around and get your burning TTRPG questions answered during What the Fuck Does the Internet Want? So if you have a question about running a game, playing a game, or how many shiny math rocks it takes before you become an official dice goblin, add us on all the socials. We're at the Arcanery literally everywhere. Or you can send us a message on thearcanery.com where you will also be able to find all sorts of really cool, fun, exciting RPG content that you can drop straight into your campaign for the low, low price of somewhere between free and cheap. And that's what we do here on the Game Master's Toolbox. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasting on to find answers to all your TTRPG questions. I'm Courtney. And I'm Sean. And we'll be back in your ears March 9th. Bye. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to 19 Hits the Dragon. This is your host, Mike Daniel. Uh, 19 Hits the Dragon is the show of Dungeons & Dragons, tabletop RPGs, and uh, other nerd culture. Uh, I am joined today by uh, Sean McStravick uh, from the Arcanery. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? Yeah, doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm glad to have some uh, some guests uh, helping us out here and uh, talking about some some nerdy stuff here. Thanks for having me. I, I always like talking about nerdy stuff with people, and it's <laughs> always fun to make new friends. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, do you want to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we can talk about uh, you know what uh, brings you on the show today and, and uh, go from there? How's that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Sean. I was formerly a stage manager in theater, and now I'm one of three company members of the Arcanery, and I mostly deal with our our rule balancing and our uh, general general nonsense. Um, I believe I call myself the uh, the the official rules lawyer of, of the company. <laughs> For um, sure. But yeah, we we spend some time writing up some. TTRPG stuff, uh, heavily Dungeons and Dragons themed, but uh, I play a, a wide variety of games, so I like to mix in lots of other stuff as well. Excellent. Yeah, the uh, the rules lawyer position sounds uh, pretty perfect for someone who is a stage manager before. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an easy slide. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I have a background in, in theater myself as well. I don't know if we had, had talked about this before, but I grew up uh, doing theater out in, in West Texas, which is the strangest place to grow up uh, in a theater setting. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, so glad to have a fellow uh, you know theater uh, nerd on on the show with us here. So for sure. 
All right. Uh, but yeah, Sean, you are joining us today to talk a little bit about character creation. Um, and I know you mentioned that a lot of y'all's content over at the Arcanery is uh, heavily D&D inspired or D&D focused. That uh, tends to be what I play the most as well, but definitely um, have a lot of experience playing other games and are developing experience playing other games as well. Um, but of course, one thing that is central to tabletop RPGs and to players of tabletop RPGs is having your character that you're playing. Um, so Sean is joining us here today to talk a little bit about you know, how to make some interesting characters. I mean, we might talk about some D&D specific things, but I feel like a lot of this is um, just very you know broadly tabletop RPG advice for building characters. And you can kind of take that into a- any system that you're, you're playing, right? It's going to need a character. You can't really have a story without player characters to, to help tell it. So Yeah, a- absolutely. And if you're trying to DM without uh player characters than just write a book right, right <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> um but I, you know i mean if even if you know building a or writing a book and and creating characters for that book is going to take a lot of the advice that we we talk about here today as well because you know characters at the end of the end of the day are just people or representations of people um so uh, a lot of the uh, the traits and the tips for creating a character um, is going to be true, you know, regardless of what uh, what sort of setting you're doing it in, right? Yeah, it's actually, it was really interesting just now hearing you say that. I hadn't quite thought of it, um, just how agnostic, system agnostic this these tips are, but it, it really does cross over into a lot of different parts of life, even, you know, even the real world and just how you approach interactions with other people, a lot of the stuff that this is because I think you know we're always sort of creating a character of ourself when we interact which is not to say that we're faking anything or lying but you know, right, we're right. presenting certain parts of ourselves out there and so this mm-hmm. is kind of just good at life advice for social interactions <laughs> as well as for sure creative endeavors <laughs> absolutely um, so yeah Sean if you were to like when you sit down to create a character what what is sort of your go-to beginning place or do you have maybe multiple or how how do you tend to get started when it comes to looking at at character creation the first thing that i do when i'm sitting down to make a character is uh, try and come up with a a core concept of Mm -hmm. uh, of who like a a philosophical concept of who this character is um, which sometimes depending on the game starts from like a joking place Mm -hmm. like you know, oh, I want to break expectations. I'll play uh, a gnome barbarian based on the Travelocity <laughs> gnome. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Or or something like that. But sometimes it's just I want to play a character who has uh, a very strong core, but a very soft outer shell. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what does that actually mean? I have no idea, but that's where I start <laughs> right. and 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 go on from there. Um, some sort of concept that that l- lets me focus where I'm building my backstory of who this character is. Um, yeah, for sure. I think uh, like initiating the character creation by you know s- sort of summing up 
who you want this person to be. Um, is it a you know a joke character that's the Travelocity gnome, or is it you know am I a small strong character though? Like that, there are kind of two dichotomies to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's the the jokey gnome barbarian, haha, this is a a play on things, and then there's the more serious take on it. Like yes, I am you know small, maybe gnome or halfling or whatever, but I have this power within me. Um, so I think sort of identifying your uh, your concept and which way you want to lean into it is, yeah, it's a very solid, very solid start. And then you can kind of, uh, you know, once you have that place to begin from, can start sort of fleshing things out from there, right? Yeah. Um, you can lead into whatever whatever little bits uh, come to mind from that. It, uh, but a, a creative jumping off place is, is always good for me to have. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, and I, I think, you know, for me, once I... Um, have that sort of initial concept, right? It's like, okay, now how do we figure out who this person is that I'm going to be playing in in this campaign or one shot or, you know, maybe a few short games or whatever. Um, And we talked about, you know, how we're both uh, kind of former theater nerds ourselves. Um, The the questions that I, I start off with actually come from my personal theater background and one of my mentors when she was uh, giving me some some acting lessons in the midst of um uh being part of the of the theater um and that is the uh the five w's for every character they all have these five w's and that is where am i coming from where am i going what do i want what's keeping me from getting what i want and what am i willing to do to get what i want um and i think that answering those questions for any character is going to tell you just a whole lot about them um and they're also things that you can kind of keep in mind you know, maybe at the beginning of a session or from scene to scene, or if you guys are coming back from a, you know, a break, uh, you know, a short intermission, coming back to sit back down at the table, sort of refresh yourselves on or yourself on, on those questions. Right. Um, but a lot of them, they can, or all of them, I should say, can be like, you know, broadly construed as well as specific to the individual, um, session as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's that's really great. That's so informative as to who your character is if you have answers for those questions in a broad sense, but also helps keep you in the character during those sessions. If you, like you said, if you sit down and and just review them in the the specific scene to scene sense, it's that's going to help you develop um, a really interesting character and and keep keep running with it. Uh, there, that's a great s- series of questions and a, a great skill, a, a fantastic thing to have taken from theater um, because it's it's sort of those archetypal moments in, in your life that if you go back to them, you can sort of follow the path of how you got to where you are now as a person and who you are. And if you can imbue a character with that same reality, then your immersion is going to be better. And the story that you guys are collectively telling is going to be more and more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And and to, to take something out of what you were mentioning there, I think uh, finding ways to um, put yourself into the character that you're creating, you know, even if you are making someone that is, you know, vastly different from yourself in many aspects, you know, finding ways to, <laughs> Uh, relate to who that person is at their core uh, with yourself, that's going to certainly help bring a lot of a lot of life and depth uh, to any character that you play as well. 
um, finding ways that you relate to them or, you know, maybe it's the opposite, right? Like maybe you're trying to play against your normal type and you want to do something that's different from what you normally do or from who you are in real life. You have to kind of ask yourself these questions in order to answer them like the opposite way for this character that you're going to play, right? Absolutely. Following these questions, asking yourself these questions constantly is going to make it easier to role play. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think it makes it easier when you're acting uh, on stage or in film or whatever to to get into the character and perform as. But it's going to become more natural for you at the table uh, to step into your character's shoes just by asking yourself questions like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess to kind of, you know, parse these out a little bit here, you know, if you're taking that first question of, you know, where am I coming from, right? You're thinking about your character's origin, you know, what was their background prior to uh, the the game starting up or the campaign, right? And that that can have, uh, you know, a lot of questions that fall out of that as well. Like, where did they grow up? What was their family like? Why did they leave that place? can they go back home um, or can they not? And why can't they go back if that's something that is, um, you know, out of reach for them at this moment? Yeah, for sure. And that creates a lot of interesting things that the, uh, the game master can tie into the story um, to help build upon those things. Because if they can't go back, and there's a reason they can't go back, then that's uh, an interesting piece of conflict. Um, And if they can go back, then perhaps something gets in the way. Uh, If there's a reason they left, that's all, all of those are things that a Mm -hmm. a game master can tie into the story and uh, work with you to make your character more three-dimensional, more uh, entertaining for you and for the table. Um, And uh, it's always fun to know where, where someone came from and it's also it can also be fun to not know i mean i've Mm -hmm. played a couple of amnesiac characters and that's a tricky line to walk because you don't want it to be too tropey um well i don't want it to be too tropey (laughs) right Uh, right maybe you do and and that's that's totally fine i mean there are tons of tables where that would be super great but i don't want it to be a um a cheat or a cop out you know i want the the uh if they're amnesiac i want that amnesia to be dynamic and interesting so Mm -hmm. if they don't know Mm -hmm. where they're originally from i still want to know where they were like i don't ever want to just have a character that woke up and doesn't know anything because (laughs) um, oh you're finally awake (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) what's your name Um, (laughs) yeah uh but that that sort of um building the the backstory in the moment with the or you know discovering it with the Mm -hmm. game master and with the other people at the table can be a lot of fun but i don't want to put the onus of creation entirely on the game master so i still like coming up with um, triggers or you know little things that um, the game master can use to inspire me to create some new piece mm-hmm. or inspire themselves to create some new piece. So even even if you don't pick exactly where they came from, um, I, I still think it's important to ask yourself those questions mm-hmm. uh, and and see 
what flashes that that character has um if it's an amnesiac character uh and if if it's not then you know where you came from creates so much of who you are um that knowing that backstory is is really important for for truly dynamic interactions for sure and and also um i i think just in the sense of letting you and the dm discover things about your past that's something that can happen with everybody you don't necessarily need to have an amnesiac character to have that sort of discovery because you shouldn't I mean, in my personal opinion, you shouldn't come to the table with like a, you know, a five page backstory uh, at the start of a campaign. Right. Like you want it to be maybe one page total of how this person got to be where they're at, you know, today. And if you're starting at like, you know, third or fifth level or whatever um, for a campaign or for a one shot or whatever, and you want to write a a little bit more, that's fine. But you don't want to start a level one game with oh my name is gronk the dragon slayer and i've been fighting for centuries and yada yada (laughs) like that's okay but why are you level one then so right (laughs) um yeah yeah don't Um, don't come to the table with a novel um because discovery is fun yeah and i i I mean i think that is why we play Absolutely. And I think that that balance is kind of the key there, right? Like flesh it out Mm -hmm. enough to know sort of the important aspects and then leave room for uh, discovery at the table, uh, so to speak. Um, Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And it's so much fun to discover things at the table. Um, uh, A rival or, um, you know, a piece of your past that mm -hmm. you suddenly tie into the story. Uh, that explains some piece of what what's going on now or why something is going on now mm-hmm. doesn't need to be uh, remaining open to to and flexible to change like that is uh, makes it a lot more fun for everyone I believe yeah a- a- absolutely and I, I think um, you know DMs appreciate that as well when they have sort of the chance to uh, inspire some like flashes of memory or when a player at the table will speak up and say, you know, hey, I, I think my character would know something about this because of X, Y, and Z. So can we you know, talk about how this might have been important to them in their past? And like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's build on that. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I, as a GM, I love that. And as a player, I love doing that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, you have the, the origin, like where are they coming from? Um, the next couple of questions actually on that list for me is, uh, you know, where am I going? What do I want? Um, a a lot of the questions that spawn from that sort of collide together, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm. so you, you can start thinking about like character values, right? Like what, what is it that is important to this person uh, that you're, you're building? Um, and I think, you know, a good way to, to start uh, is to look at sort of, you know, three folds of that, that word value, right? Like conceptually, what do they value? Uh, is there a person that they value most? Is there a possession that they value most? Um, and they don't always have to have all three of those things. But I think at least one of those being sort of the uh, the key thing to you there, you know, pretty vital to uncovering like the the core of who your character is, you know, who who or what is it that they value, right? Definitely. If they don't value anything, then they're a cardboard cutout. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Everybody, we all have things that we want, things that we uh, we value to ourselves. Uh, that's just a human thing, right? That's something mm -hmm. that should absolutely be, a, you know, part of your your character as well. Um, so, and I think those it's okay if those things are are kind of vague. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't. I the the more specific you can get is frequently helpful. But with a like a core concept, mm -hmm. um, you were talking about honor in uh here and i think that's such a great it's it can lead to so many places because that can mean yeah. so many different things for different people but you you still hold on to it as and you can check in with yourself like is my character following these these values like mm -hmm. and if if i'm not uh why like what's what's stopping me from being able to uh, live these values or or hold to them and that right. can create interesting tension absolutely uh, and that that can provide opportunities for the game master to sort of test those values for you as well yeah. right like if you're gonna you know dms love presenting moral quandaries to their players so <laughs> the 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 clearer your conceptual value can be uh to yourself um, then the more chances your DM or GM has to kind of mess with that, right? So if it's honor, like we're going to put these scenarios in front of the, the player and it's like, oh, well, you know, they're being paid for this job here to do this thing, but they're coming across this character who they honor, you know, value as a fighter and see the, 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 the honor that they have as well. So I have to kill this or I'm supposed to kill this person to do my job, but can I actually do that knowing that he, I, I'm like killing another great sword fighter and that is a very honorable thing to me. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so um, yeah, and, and also, like, just to kind of build off of that, you know, per I think the specifics can kind of come into, like, is there a person? Do you have a good friend? Is maybe one of the party members your close friend? Is it an NPC that you have a lot of value with, um, uh, like a, you know, personal relationship or uh, siblings or, uh, you know, other family members or something like that that you're close to that's going to, you know, be there and that the, uh, the, the DM or GM can kind of have control over them a little bit, uh, but you still have this sort of personal attachment to them, right? Right. Yeah. And then the possessions, obviously, those are going to be things that you have on you or do you have them on you, right? Like if my most valuable possession as this, you know, honor bound warrior is my father's sword, then I'm probably going to be using that that sword to fight people with, right? But right. if I am maybe a, you know, a roguish type and I have this secret treasure that I value over anything else, probably not going to carry it around with me. I'm probably going to stash it away somewhere that only I have access to, or I think I'm the only one that has access to, um, so <laughs> that it doesn't end up disappearing. And I know that it's safe, right? Um, right. And then what happens if it's suddenly not safe? Right. Yeah. What do I do um, if it's not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or if I'm this fighter and, and my father's sword breaks, you know, what do I do then? Right. Like, right. There's all of these dichotomies that you can can kind of think about um, and that your, your GM can kind of play with as well. So I, I think something that <laughs> that we've kind of been talking about without actually talking about it is, you know, always talk to your GM about these choices that you make for your character so that they can find ways to fuck with you basically right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> any anything anything you put into your character 
is just another thing for the G- the DM to fuck with, and and that's where the tension comes from, and that's where mm-hmm. it's fun. So yeah, it, it, always exactly. always talk with your GM. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and having those things that you can you know lose or um, things that can you know concepts or values that can be tested against you and things like that, like those uh, that dynamic tension that can be there um, is what makes things interesting, right? Like if they don't have any values or if they don't have anything that they care about, then they're just some kind of, you know, like wave kind of blowing around or just going along with the story, right? Like that's, you know, maybe that's going to be fun for one one person to play for one session, but that's not something that you can really sustain, right? Eventually you have to get to some of the meatier, juicier aspects of the characters. Yeah, that works fine for a, a one-shot Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's just a one shot, you it can be a, a pretty shallow character. Um, but if if you're trying to sustain a campaign, then you want things that can draw your character into the world and draw mm-hmm. you as a player into the world. And those are excellent places to start. You know, things you care about. Anything you care about is something that can can draw you further in, whether it's because, you know, you're in one of my games and I take that away from you or, <laughs> um, uh, or, you know, put something in between it and you, or just, mm-hmm. uh, even on the, the other end, you know, coming home, if it's an NPC that you're really close with mm-hmm. coming home at the end for some downtime at the end of an adventure, you know, that, that character is there waiting for you and and how do you interact with them Mm -hmm. how's that relationship changed based on what has happened to you in the last couple of sessions Um, that can be really interesting to explore in and of itself without even having mean old sean (laughs) (laughs) kill kill your lover or whatever (laughs) (laughs) right yeah i was i was kind of the way you were going there i was like oh are they going to be dead when you get home like is that what what they're setting up right now um (laughs) Uh, you know it has i have done it i try not to to take things like i I try not to kill you know npcs and lovers that people Mm -hmm. really like um unless it's a direct reaction to something that the player has built in mm-hmm. um, you know I, yeah. I don't actually uh, I joke about how mean I am as a DM but I, I don't like to harm my players <laughs> yeah That's not for my, sure uh, I, I think know. it's personally and we're getting a little bit off topic here but uh, it's fine um, I think personally as a DM I like to like threaten the the players a lot more than I like to actually harm them right like yeah, I'm going exactly. to you know ha- hang out t- hang the uh, the 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 threads out there that oh maybe this person that you love might end up being hurt and now they're afraid and have to rush back home to make sure that that person's safe and oh they yes they are actually safe and it's fine for now for now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And but that's really fun as a player too. And if I don't have if when I'm playing, if I don't bring those types of things to the table, then that that's not an option for the GM mm-hmm. or DM. And therefore, you know, I I then lose out on that experience as a player. So I that's another reason why I just think that having those core concepts there that of of what you value is really useful in a game yeah for sure and i think that those values can kind of build into the character's goals right and these can be 
um, you know, uh, kind of, um, again, taking a couple of different aspects of this, like what are my long-term goals? What are my more immediate goals? And what's something that's kind of, you know, maybe looming, I, I'm kind of always in the back of my mind that I want to figure out or want to pursue. Um, and, and, you know, that any moment I could turn that into an immediate goal, essentially. Um, right. And, and as always with, you know, all of these things, the more personal you can make these goals to your character, the, the better, um, and the more you're going to be invested in pursuing those goals. Right. So, I mean, if my goal is to save the world, that's, that's super broad, right? Like there's not a lot I can actively do immediately to try and save the world. Um, and that doesn't, necessarily that's not something that it, i am invested in beyond the fact that like yes i want to save the world because you know i want to be a hero or i don't want the world to be destroyed and i want to keep living right like so from there you can see you're kind of pulling back the layers to see like how is this more personal to me so yeah i mean if you're you know your honor bound fighter if their goal is to avenge their father's death right like that's kind of a long term goal that's what they ultimately want to uh, achieve is that uh, vengeance. Um, that's not something that they're going to be actively able to pursue all of the time, right? So what is the sort of immediate goal to get to where I can achieve that goal? And that is, well, I got to become a good sword fighter. I have to keep surviving. So maybe I have to take jobs and make money so that I can go and pursue this thing that I need to do. going to have these, again, these more immediate goals that... Um, we're trying to to accomplish to build up to the long term goal so that that can take place. Right. It creates a, a cascade. Um, you know, I, I I have to do this. I have to avenge my my father's death. So I have to train. And in order to keep training, I have to eat. So I have right. to take these jobs, like you said, and then. You know, but I have to find the time to train and then things get in the way of that, which makes for, you know, interesting storytelling. Mm -hmm. Suddenly a a man in black with a mask uh, shows up and, (laughs) and, you know, he's standing between you and and your ability to keep surviving. Um, And what do you do? You have an awesome fight scene. Yeah, well, of course, you ask him to show you the right hand and make sure that he doesn't have six six fingers fingers on that hand and. And then you have the most epic fight scene of all right. time. So. <laughs> but it does. It, it. I. I really like how you put that. The um, breaking down your long-term goals and your immediate goals. Uh, it's. Uh, it's good to have something just overall that you are striving for that helps direct your character, and gives mm-hmm. them purpose. And then thinking about what you need to do in this exact moment in order to achieve or not even to achieve, but to work toward that long-term goal is, is exciting. I mean, that's, that's fun. And that creates opportunities for tension and drama that you get to explore as a a character that you wouldn't, if you hadn't thought about your goal. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the kind of thinking about your immediate goals is also something that can keep you more invested in, you know, the adventure as it is in front of you, right? Right. So if you're on a quest that's maybe not directly related to your personal story, because not, you know, it's a tabletop RPG, it's a party game, right? Like everybody's going to have their own moments to shine. But if you are, you know, on this quest that is, you know, maybe it's a kind of campaign story 
quest, or maybe it's one of your party members, like personal quest lines in there, you're kind of helping them along that, right? Like you can still think of, you know, what are your immediate goals in this scenario or with this adventure? Is it to, you know, to help my friend so that we can, you know, venture on further and they can get, you know, what it is that they're searching for? Or am I here uh, with my friend, but I'm really interested in the money that we're going to get from this job. So I want to make sure we do everything that's necessary to get as much money as possible from whoever's sending us on this job, right? Like you can, there's a lot of different ways that you can think of immediate goals to invest yourself in the adventure as it stands, even if it's not directly related to your long-term, long-term, long-term uh, <laughs> goals there. Um, I know how to talk. It's something that I do all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Staying, I'm talking is overrated. Uh, <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, it's, we're, we're podcasters. We don't, wh why talk? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, soon enough, people will just be able to read our thoughts all the yeah. time, right? So... <laughs> but it is important to remain as a character invested in in the the story as it is because otherwise you start to drift out of the the table and out of the game and um that's that's not as much fun why why are you there then mm -hmm. um, yeah and this is a great Just way keep, to, to keep, keep yourself that. and keep everybody invested in, in what's happening at the table yeah, yeah. exactly uh, yeah, so kind of kind of moving on from the uh, those those goals there. Um, I mean, if we think, and I'm, I do apologize, Sean, I'm going to actually skip around in our, our notes here. That's fine. Um, to move on to something that's a little bit more relevant to that exact idea of what we were talking about is the idea of conflict. You know, how how does your character handle conflict? Are they really, you know, are they ready to throw down at a moment's notice? Are they someone who's going to try not to fight, but will fight if it becomes necessary? You know, how does this person choose to resolve or at least try to resolve conflict when it comes up? Right. Yeah. What's their what's their gut instinct? How do they how do they drive forward into that? Exactly. And I mean, combat is something that's part of every tabletop RPG system. And it's uh, it's kind of one of the core pillars of tabletop RPG in, in a lot of senses is, you know, combat. Right. So is your character, though, someone that, you know, wants to get involved in, in combat? Are they, you know, the this uh, honor bound sword fighter? Like, obviously, they have this goal of trying to kill, you know, avenge their father. So that person who killed them, the six fingered man, by her example, he they're, they're going to fight. Right. Mm -hmm. But am I someone who is willing to fight everybody that I come up against? Or am I begrudgingly fighting someone because, oh, I'm getting paid to do this. And if I don't get paid, then I don't eat. And if I don't eat, then I can't, you know, go on to try and avenge my father or, you know, something along those lines. Just thinking to yourself about how am I going to um, engage when when conflict arises? Yeah. And that creates, again, more story opportunities. If you're a reluctant fighter in this situation, then um, perhaps you try and find another way to resolve the conflict and then if you can't if fighting is what you have to do how does that affect your character um if you're someone who just dives in loves combat and you know if that character just is a uh, uh, hit first and ask questions maybe um mm -hmm. then then what happens if someone's holding you back or what's the the consequence of you diving into that fight? How does that change the narrative? How does that change the world around you? Um, and and it also just informs how you interact with with everything. You know, if 
if mm-hmm. you get set off by the tiniest thing, then that's uh, a story point for the other players, the other player characters, um, something they learn sure. and get to interact with, uh, which gives mm-hmm. you know your character uh, a lot more depth, uh, even if it's something as simple as you know I always swing first or I always try and run mm-hmm. away. It's everyone else at the table gets to know that about your character and 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 gets to react to that. And it can inform things beyond combat, too. Like if you are the type of mm-hmm. character who swings first, then maybe when you come across a locked door, you don't stop and think about it. You just open that door. Or if you're someone yep. who uh, is is very cautious and, um, you know, likes to strategize and plan maybe you try and avoid that door entirely and that yeah. that builds builds opportunities for you as a character to to get into those or as a player to get into those those mindsets of the character and uh come up with interesting situations and interesting ways to to deal with situations that you're presented with for sure yeah i, I hadn't really thought about it that way until you bring it up but i think the the question of how do i deal with conflict does also inform you know how do i interact with the world right like as you mentioned you know if it's a person who is you know uh, i'm ready to throw down i'm going to swing first and they come across that locked door that might be trapped or might not they don't care they're going to bash it down um, <laughs> it's in the way they can come in, into <laughs> yeah exactly they can come into a social encounter uh and you know a person who's cautious might be a little bit hesitant to like say or do certain things in that social encounter but a person who's a little bit more headstrong is just gonna kind of blurt out whatever they need to get whatever it is that they want right um so i I think that those questions kind of inform each other you know how how do i interact with the world is really the the broader question here that bleeds into you know how do i handle conflict how do i interact with um you know things in the world or other people um how do i treat people when you know i uh, they are around as well that that all kind of gets wrapped up in into each other i think or you know kind of over there's a lot of overlap there certainly yeah it's a it's a venn diagram um how how you take on conflict and how you treat people personality types like that do blend in and, and fix and you know you have how how you treat different people different types of people um that brash swing first how how do you interact with your friends if you're that type of person um mm-hmm. you know and if you even if you're a swing first type of person are you a uh you know do you rub up against authority and and butt heads there or are you mm-hmm. even as a swing first person are you you know you're ready to throw down but you respect authority you you know you fall into that right. system um and that's that changes the situations in which you do just throw down um right and they don't you know that's that doesn't create a a contradiction but it does create an interesting dichotomy an interesting pull um absolutely so if i'm you know if i'm a soldier and i'm going to swing first at any enemy but i'm not like as soon as my ranking officer comes into play then oh it's yep yes sir whatever you say sir i'm going to do whatever you say because you're the person with authority over me so that's how i interact with you um 
it's uh, it, it creates some like yeah the dichotomy or some dynam- dynamic uh, character aspects about you there absolutely yeah and things like that can be used to to break expectation which creates mm-hmm. a more rounded character pre- you know helps prevent you from creating a, a very one dimensional character um, because you have the this that dynamic this well roundedness. Um, you know, anytime you can break expectation for yourself or for a trope makes it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, gives you another opportunity to, to interact with the world in a, a new, fresh, interesting way to keep you as a player invested in your character and your character invested in the world. Um, it just makes for yeah, interesting absolutely. storytelling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and that, I mean, that kind of loops back into the idea or, uh, you know, we talked about like what it is that that you value. Are there people that you value most in your life? How do you interact with them? Um, you know, who, what sort of relationships does this character that you're creating have? Do they have, you know, family, friends, lovers, enemies, or rivals? Like, and and how are they going to interact with each of those different types of people? Right? Um, because I, I mean, that's just something that we all do as people, right? Like, I, you know, Sean and I have gotten to know each other a little bit here but I'm going to interact with them very differently than I'm going to interact with, you know, my romantic partner, right? Like there's going to be a big difference there, (laughs) even though we're all very friendly with each other, that relationship is very different. And I, you know, tackle those things from very different uh, perspectives for myself there. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and that tells you a lot about your character as well. You know, how, how do you interact with your, your romantic partner? How do you interact with a friend um, how are they the same? How are they different? Where's the pull um, with your enemy or rival? I love rivals. Um, how, how, you know, are you the type of person who, uh, who really enjoys having a rival and it's a, it's mm-hmm. a rivalry and you're, um, you're going up against each other, but that makes you grow. Or do you see all of your rivals right. as, as enemies do you see them as uh obstacles um that that right. tells you a lot about your your character and you know friends too uh how do you interact with your friend are your friends occasionally an obstacle to you or um are your friends uh you know a a piece of support that you have to um lean back on or that you have the ability to lean back on um mm-hmm. and uh strangers again going back to our our uh, throwdown person do does this person this character uh immediately go up to strangers and begin interacting with them or do they hold themselves back in case they just in case they need to throw down you know in a Mm-hmm. If they're in a tavern and, a, you know, um, a conflict with a stranger breaks out um, or, uh, you know, a, a stranger is there and you sense the potential brewing for conflict, are you the type of person who immediately goes up to that character or that stranger and starts the conversation with them being prepared yeah. to then just punch? Or do you hold back and and prepare yourself for diving in as soon as it's necessary um all of that you know goes it ties back into those core values that we were talking about um but it it Mm -hmm. creates so many opportunities for uh 
rounding out your character for um, creating new personality types and things like that, uh, or not types, but new personalities and um, or characteristics, uh, which you know it's it's fun to be able to and important I think be able to discover those types of things as you're figuring Absolutely. out how you interact with the other characters or the other people in the world yeah and it, it provides a lot of variety for interaction with uh, characters in the game right so not every NPC is going to be a- at the same like level of oh what's what's the word I'm looking for like they're not all you know sometimes people are uh, kind of uh, above you in status or on the same you know level as you or below you in status or they have these th- you have you know conversational power over them who's in kind of control of the scene so so to speak um, and the ways that you choose to have those interactions or make characters that will make those choices adds that sort of variety so you're not just kind of stuck doing the same thing and having the same interaction with every single NPC that, that pops up, right? right? Like having some, some variety and, and, uh, and so forth is going to make the game, make any game, uh, that much more yeah, interesting. Tell a, tell a fuller story. Exactly. Um, yeah. So kind of building on the idea of, uh, relationships though, something that I always like to build into my characters is this idea of either like a debt or a regret. Mm-hmm. So I either, I either owe somebody something or I have something that I have done that I don't want anybody to find out about. Or, I mean, maybe they already know and I just have this deep regret and I feel like I'm never going to be able to get over it. Or maybe it's some sort of combination of those things. I owe somebody money because they are blackmailing me <laughs> about this thing that I regret. <laughs> um, so I, I think those are some some uh, um, concepts that can just kind of be added into you know all of these things that we've talked about already to just sort of... Uh, it, invest yourself in in the game a little bit more in the story that's being told that much more yeah Um, uh, even even when you're playing a hero no one well i don't think anyone gets through life without some sort of debt whether it be financial or uh or mm -hmm. not or and some sort of regret i i just you know no matter what we're all we in real life are all human and so we're we're not perfect yeah. supermen <laughs> like it's not superman yeah, is, is uh well even superman has regrets so <laughs> i was just gonna say that i was like superman definitely has stuff that he regrets especially <laughs> if you look at like all the sort of you know expanding universes and storylines with him even he someone who is kind of the pinnacle of lawful good still has done things that he regrets right so everybody's got some sort of regret and, and, and the way that you process that or deal with that is something is kind of where the crux of, you know, how, how it becomes interesting. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah. And this, the same with debts. I mean, we all, as you said, Sean, uh, we all have some sort of debt in life, right. Whether it's monetary or some sort of favor, or I feel like I, you know, owe this person that, did something to affect my life in such a way. Now I have to kind of pay them back in, in some way, whether that's with a favor or you know, some, some other way that I can find to uh, repay that person. Um, it's, it's something that we're all very familiar with this concept of, of debt. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's at this point, it is sort of a core you know aspect, and even if it's not 
you know, money that you owe? Like, is there, do you owe somebody something? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's, that's something that's come up a lot or not a lot, but come up in my, my recent campaign, we're playing an Eberron game. Um, that's something that's in the Eberron character creation section of the, the Eberron last rising from the last war. Um, and I made sure to you know have that discussion with all of my players. It's like, you do, who do you owe? What do you owe them? And then I can use those things to sort of build out and flesh out the campaign and take your character on a journey to uh, maybe absolve that debt. Or maybe that's something that's going to loom over them, you know, forever. Right. Yeah. Um, because they owe this person their life, but they're not able to save that person's life in return. Right. Um, something along those lines. So, yeah. Those those uh, unresolvable debts can be really interesting, too, because, you know, if you can't save that person's life or worse, if this person saved your life and you owe your life to them, but they themselves died in the process or have since died, mm -hmm. you know, how do you yeah. how do you uh, resolve? How do you absolve that debt for yourself when? Um, that person is already gone. You know, how does that affect how your character moves through the world? What does your character do mm -hmm. because of that? That it can build some really, really interesting stories, and and you know, a, a DM can can really flesh out the world for that. Um, that's one of the cooler parts I think about the Eberron character creation is is that thing to add in. Um, it, yeah. It's, yeah, and the the regrets is is absolutely something that I took from that as well. Is you know, do you you either have a debt or you have a regret or you have some other sort of secret? Is what I I talked to my all of my players mm -hmm. about there to just kind of spice up their characters because they had already come up with you know a lot of really uh, neat concepts for for their their characters. But I'm like, okay, well let's let's sort of peel back the onion a little bit and put something sort of like foul in there. <laughs> and how are you going to react to that thing? Right, so. Yeah. yeah. How does that sit with you? That's that's really it's not something that I've done before. And uh, having talked about you with this now, I'm really excited for the next time I build a character and the next time I you know start up a new campaign to add that in, because I I do think it's going to mm -hmm. tie so much together and and really build a, a much more interesting character than without it. Absolutely. And and like with a lot of what we've talked about today, it's something that you kind of put into the hands of your DM as well, right? Like, let them know what debt you owe, who you owe this debt to, and then they can kind of take that and, and run with that for your campaign or your one shot or, you know, whatever it is that, that you're, you're playing there. Um, I, I think that's something that's that I, I know I as a DM uh, for my Eberron game especially love so that I can kind of use these little tidbits that we're coming up with together in character creation to to flesh out our story and, you know, create some really interesting, really interesting adventures there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I absolutely love the sound of that. I, I think it and Eberron is a very uh, that's a digression, but Eberron is such a cool world. Um, that, you know, you can craft so many, if you've got solid characters, you can craft so many interesting mm -hmm. stories. Um, and that, that's, oh, absolutely. I think another thing that's important for me as, as both a player, but especially as a DM is the, the more well-rounded your character is, the easier it is, um, to help guide an interesting story and to help mm -hmm. connect the other player characters to your player character and to build those For relationships, sure. um, which just, 
makes for a more fun game because the the story becomes more dynamic and more dramatic uh the the more you um and, and it doesn't even have to be super specific you know i'm you don't need mm-hmm. to to come up with every like we were talking about earlier it's fun to discover things about your character as you're playing but the more yep. you can give these um these plot points these you know uh these arcing areas the the more the story can can flesh out around it and which allows the character to then build and grow and that cascades into the other player characters and to the story itself and it just keeps uh it's very you know it helps synchronize everything um yeah absolutely and i i think um you know just kind of building on that something that is just important and that we've kind of been alluding to with all of our tips so far and our suggestions so far is just, you know, making dynamic characters, right? If you're a stagnant character, that can be fine for like a one shot, but especially if you're playing in anything of any sort of length or, you know, multiple sessions and stuff, you want to create characters that are going to overcome change yes, or go, go through change. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, every story in the world is sort of a, story of discovery for you know one or multiple characters right they they start off one way something happens then they end up another way that's very <laughs> basic story structure there but I, that it's it's true right yeah. like that's kind of the the very break down the core of any story and that's kind of what you'll find you know any character driven story especially yeah that's what you'll find there um <laughs> it's you know a- being able to adapt and change is kind of just the crux of an interesting story. It's a perfect distillation of what storytelling is. And at the end of the day, a TTRPG is just storytelling. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a story that everyone's selling mm -hmm. together. Right. So. Yeah. Flexible, flexible Uh, characters, characters who grow and change are far more interesting and um, flawed characters are, far more interesting than perfect characters um and yeah. how you like we talked about no sorry go ahead. Oh, just how you how you deal with those flaws um is is interesting yeah absolutely i mean hearkening back to the our, our little bit of conversation about superman right like he's seen as this very like the pinnacle of lawful good uh superhero type right and that was fine for a while but after a while it kind of became boring everyone's like oh superman like who cares about him right Right. so when they start doing interesting things with superman and the 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 uh i guess kind of the the clark kent aspect of superman right like this person that is behind the superhero like that's where superman stories get interesting is is in in that um those bits of conflict that he goes through interpersonally because Superman, like, you know, he's going to come up against something and he's going to punch his way through it. Right. (laughs) Like that's just kind of what, what he's able to do. He's the strongest creature in all of existence and is literally like the, some of the creators quote, it's like he is as strong as he needs to be. Right. Superman's never going to lose for the most part. Even when he dies, he still comes comes back. back. But, (laughs) um, but the what what makes Superman stories interesting now is those the the moments not where you're te- they're testing his his strength necessarily, but where they're testing that the character aspects of him and the choices that he's having to make in those instances. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The uh, what is what does he 
what does he actually have to fight against? Because if he is in fact as strong, always as strong as he needs to be, then, you know, that's fine, but there's still, there still needs to be conflict in order to tell that interesting story and exactly finding those ways um, that with, I, I really like that point about um, Clark Kent being uh truly the more interesting part of Superman at this <laughs> yeah. point. Um. For sure. Um, and I, I think something that uh, can kind of go alongside that is just like your own character's limits, mm-hmm. right? Like how far are they willing to go? And that, that kind of circles back to that initial question of, you know, what am I willing to do to get what I want? Right. right. Like that, that question for me is something that is very much uh, character defining, even maybe even more so than all of these other questions that we've had. Uh, Cause it's like, where do I set my limits? Um, is there anything that might cause me to completely break those limits or maybe just even push those limits and, you know, kind of move the goalposts for myself a little bit. Um, and, and that sort of, uh, that dichotomy there, that, that sort of line that you have to eventually draw on the sand or do you not draw a line in the sand at all? Like that's really, for me, something that's going to tell you everything else that you need to know about your character, right? Or maybe it's a question that you can answer after you figured out everything else about your character. I think one, one way or the other, it, it kind of sits at either end of that spectrum, right? Yeah, it's, I think that that does describe, again, the core of, of who we are as people. Um, what What is our breaking point? What are we, you know, how mm-hmm. far can we go? What causes us to to go past i'm thinking about um this reminds me of the the john wick films you know he's he's retired Mm -hmm. and then but he he comes up against that line over and over and over again and that's um right i mean what makes those movies fun and interesting is is the action they're very you know but the the character becomes dynamic in a way that it doesn't seem like it could simply because he is constantly being pushed up against the limit mm-hmm. and having to make that choice over and over and over again. And it doesn't have to be a great revenge quest, uh, you know, to, to put a character up against those limits. Those limits can be all right. sorts of different things. And, um, and they can change from, from thing to thing, you know, from situation to situation and that's mm-hmm. super fun to explore and it gives the the dm so much to work with to to put those those walls those lines in the sand in front of you and mm-hmm. and see how do you react to that like here's your line yeah. do you is this important enough to break that is this mm-hmm. you know that's uh I, that really does i i think you're right it is it is all in some ways more important than all of the other questions. Cause it, it does, it truly mm-hmm. define who, who you are as a character, who you are as a person. Um, and, uh, and you can discover a lot of really interesting things about your character. Um, you know, your character can discover some interesting things about themselves when they come, when they're yeah. put in these situations. Yeah. Now I'm just sitting here thinking about the killing joke. I don't know if you've read. Oh yeah. Uh, that, uh, the, the, um, yeah. One, one All it takes day. is one bad day. Yeah. <laughs> to make you just like me. <laughs> but then, I mean, that that's, you know, kind of the, the Joker's premise through that, but it turns out that he's wrong, right? Yeah. Like he pushes um, Gordon 
and Batman as well, like as as far as he possibly can, but they still don't cross the the lines that they've set for themselves. Yeah. Or do they? I mean, there's some some interesting fan theories about uh, the very end of the Killing Joke, where they think that Batman does actually kill the Joker. Mm-hmm. Does he cross that line? Because it's something that happens kind of off camera, so to speak. Right. Um, but I think kind of the standard, you know, idea is that despite all of the awful things that the Joker does to Batman and to Gordon, you know, neither of them are uh, willing or, you know, going to cross that line. Yeah. But still, you know, ramping up the tension and making it worse and worse and worse and seeing if the Joker can get them to cross that line and become just as evil as he is. That's where a lot of that that tension makes it for a very interesting story still, even though they he doesn't break them. Right. Like it's still very fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, reading that 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 story reading reading the killing jokes uh series or the graphic novel or if you read them at whatever um in trade yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nerd but uh <laughs> yep. um uh, clearly um but the the whole time you're left one you know each time he he ramps it up you're left wondering is that going to be the thing and it always feels mm-hmm. like it could be you know each right. time it's like this could be it and and somehow they they pull back from that and you can do that with your character in in a tabletop game you know you can do that in dungeons and dragons and absolutely you, and maybe you don't know as the character um because you know uh, batman and gordon they they probably you know they wanted to hold their line and and eventually they managed to do it but you know, were they mm-hmm. sure the whole time that they were going to be able to hold that? I probably not. It was probably a, a conflict right, yeah. within them too, and that's mm-hmm. so fun to play out at a table, which you can't have unless you've you've determined you know what what those lines are or find them in the the moment because you can discover those lines for yourself in the moment too. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it can absolutely be something that like well. I have drawn this line for myself here, but, oh, actually, I realized as this is happening that, no, my, my line is in this other place, and that's the line that I'm not going to cross, in fact. Yeah. Or this is the thing, now I realize this is the thing that's going to make me step over that line mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't realized was, you know, a, a factor before. Yeah. Oh, I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah, we've talked about a lot of things here today, Sean. I guess if you had to give any sort of like, um, you know, parting advice or, you know, sort of sagely overall overall view or summarization of, you know, what we've talked about today, what would you kind of leave off with for uh, for our listeners here? I think just being being open and flexible with change and making sure that you've talked with your DM about what those core people and principles are, um, that, that, uh, keeping that conversation open with your DM and keeping your character in a place where they can be flexible. They can grow. They can tell a story and mm-hmm. have an arc. Uh, I think that's, that's really how you dive into your character. The most is, is allowing that character to grow and change with the story and, and keeping the conversation with the, with the DM open to make sure that you guys are working together to, to flesh out and build this character in this world. And you'll have a lot of fun. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always the thing, right? Just have fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you said there. It, you know, you can listen it to all of our advice today or listen to none of it. But if you take anything away from it, it's it's that, you know, your character should be adaptable to change. You know, whether you're answering all of these questions for yourself in character creation or not, you should certainly, you know, focus on th- that aspect of you know, being a, being flexible and uh, open to suggestions from the DM and open to, you know, where he's going to take that story that you present with him and also just talking to them. I shouldn't be gendered. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, just talk to your talk to your GM and see where they, uh, you know, how they react to the ideas that you present with them. Right. And and be be flexible in that as well. And have a character that's able to to change as you're playing through them um, because again stagnant characters are are They're boring, boring. <laughs> just are yeah nobody wants to play them forever yeah for sure well Sean thank you so much for uh, for coming out today and uh, being on the show uh, greatly appreciated it. it's been awesome getting to chat with you here and talk about you know diff- bounce ideas off of you for uh, character creation um, I'm going to step back and let you have the floor here for a minute. So, yeah, let let our listeners know, uh, you know, anything you want to about yourself, how to get in contact with you and, and the folks at the Arcanery or, you know, whatever you, you feel like shouting out there. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I had a, a really great time. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter uh, at that underscore one underscore guy. Uh, and um, <laughs> you can find us uh, at thearcanery.com uh, on all of the socials at The Arcanery. And uh, I have a, a podcast of my own with um, Cam, one of our other uh, company members, and uh, it's called A GM's Toolbox. And you can find that wherever you get your podcatching on. Um, and yeah, I'd really appreciate it if you gave us a listen and come say hi to me or us on uh, on Twitter or anywhere else on the internet and I'd love to have a conversation with what you guys like about creating characters so and thanks again so much yeah, for having absolutely. me Mike was, this was so much fun yeah for sure it was it was great uh, getting to chat with you here and and definitely um you know big fan of everything that you guys uh do over there at the arcanery I, i've definitely like i've looked through all of the the supplements and stuff that have been released so far i need to i'm you know guilty of not having listened to y'all's podcast just yet there's a lot going on you know, um but it's on my list for it's sure a busy world these um days. so yeah, and there's just there's so many great podcasts out there, so it's it's tough to be able to get to all Absolutely. of them. Um, but yeah, y'all are certainly on, on my list of of people to check out here in the very near future for your actual show there. Um, but uh, yeah, again, thanks so much for for coming on today. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and to all of our listeners here, thank you for joining us on this episode today. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can reach out to us here uh, via Twitter at nineteen hits the dragon. Um, you can send us an email as well if you like, but what we also appreciate if you uh, you know leave comments, ratings, reviews wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast, and uh, tell nineteen of your closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time when nineteen hits the dragon. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.